AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The wheat market caught a bid and clawed back more of Tuesday's losses. Corn closed higher on spillover support, and soybeans gave up mid-morning gains to close slightly lower. Cattle futures tested resistance and consolidated ahead of the cattle on feed report, and lean hogs closed near the middle of this week's trading range. Live with Double the Agra, Double the Talk via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Scott E. Davis from Bullpen Marketing. I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. You know, I should have mentioned in the open, upside breakout in cotton futures. Upside breakout in cotton futures, really? Yes. That's exciting. Well, we need some follow-through at the start of next week to confirm it. Okay. But, boy, it was a big move today, and uh, uh, like I said, uh, an upside breakout and and should be triggering some additional short covering in that market and it's a report day report, a report day, day report you say day, report day yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cattle on feed report the average pre-report trade guess on the number of calves placed in december to get us uh, to the january one uh feedlot inventory so placed in december the expectations were down 4.6 percent we got down 4.5% from year ago levels, right in line. Marketing's in December. The trade expectation was down 0.7%. We got down 0.9%. Again, right in line with trade expectations. The inventory on January 1, 2024 was expected to be up 2.1% from year ago levels. It is up 2.8% from year ago level so maybe just a touch heavy just a touch heavy on the inventory but looks like a sharply neutral report mm-hmm. to me with everything else that is going on in the cattle industry davis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm definitely a little heavier myself these days i don't know if oh, it's yeah? the cold if it's the time of year it, dude you yeah. just you know i see food and i put it in my face you well, know you know, it, it it's that um, it's that beef blanket that we like to refer to. My rate of gain is excellent right now, Out, sir. Outstanding, outstanding. <laughs> Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Yep. Uh, we're going to go through the changes for the week. Talk about some of the big issues that impacted the markets this week, and then we're going to get into a conversation with Scott Davis from Bullpen Marketing. Always enjoy those conversations. All right, let's get to the news. What do you got? Chip export sales of wheat in the weekend of January 11 totaled nearly 708,000 metric tons. That easily topped trade expectations and helped wheat futures hold on to modest gains into the close. The Philippines' unknown destinations and South Korea topped the list of buyers. Another headline from Russia also helped support wheat prices. The Kremlin reportedly said there is no prospect of reviving the Black Sea grain deal. March soft red winter wheat futures opened fractionally higher, then rallied to within two cents of resistance at six bucks. 
Before setting back to close mid-range, March HRWD wheat futures two and three quarters higher today, 608. March SRWD wheat up seven and three quarters cents to 593 and a quarter. March spring wheat closed at 695 and a half. Chip, that's up seven and a half cents today. Yeah, and a little bit of a re- retaking some of the losses that we had on Tuesday. Tuesday was the down day this week, Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it it was not an unusual type of trade, a big move to open the week and then reverse that move very slowly and grind away from the, the, the week's opening close, grind away from that through the rest of the week. And, it, and when things wrapped up, March SRW wheat futures were down just two and three quarter cents. March HRW wheat futures down seven and a quarter. Mm. And then March spring wheat futures down four cents on the week. So you, know, you look at the big picture, that's steady. Export sales of corn in the weekend of January 11 totaled 1.251 million metric tons. That topped trade expectations and beat the four-week average by 61% chip. Mexico accounted for half of the sales tally with Colombia, Japan, and South Korea also on the list of buyers. Brazilian first crop corn areas are expected to uh, see mostly favorable conditions over the next 10 days. Argentina is expected to be mostly dry over that period, but crop stress is expected to remain low. March corn opened slightly lower and near session lows rallied to within a half cent of resistance at 450 that pulled back to post a low range close. March corn futures a penny and a half higher all told 445 and a half. May corn up a penny 456. July corn futures closed at 464 and one quarter down three quarters of a cent chip. Yesterday we were slightly higher and it felt like we were a dime higher. And that's mm-hmm. because we opened near session lows closed near session highs. Okay. Today, we open is fractionally. We open low range. We rally, and then we pull back to close near the opening range. And mm-hmm. penny and a half, we feel like we were lucky to be higher on the day. So it's 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 a difference of where did it open, where did it close, where did it open, where did it close on how we feel at the end of the week with these things. March corn on the week down just a penny and a half. July corn down four cents on the week. Well, Chip, export sales of soybeans in the weekend of January 11 totaled just over 781,000 metric tons, and that was in line with trade expectations. China topped the list of buyers along with Germany, Indonesia, and the Netherlands. USDA this morning also announced the sale of 297,000 metric tons of beans for delivery to China in the current marketing year. The weather forecast for Brazil includes rain chances over the next 10 days, which, according to crop watchers, will help stabilize soybean crop conditions. March bean futures opened slightly lower and near session lows, then rallied to spike resistance at 1225 before falling back to close in the opening range. Yeah. March beans were a quarter of a cent lower, 1213 and a quarter. May beans down one and one quarter to 1223. July closed at 1232, down a penny on the day. I thought there was going to be you know, an exciting end to that story there, and it just sort of fizzled. Yeah, fizzled on you. Yeah, that's yeah. the way that the market traded today. It just kind of fizzled. Mm-hmm. March beans on the week down 11 cents. July beans on the week down 12 and a quarter. March soybean oil down 135 points. Mm. March soybean meal down $5.60. Now, on the new crop, December corn futures this week, 476 on the close, down five and three quarter cents. November soybeans on the close, 1191 and a quarter, down 10 and a quarter this week. Gives us Uh a corn, uh, a bean corn price ratio of 2.5 to 1. Looky there. Well, cotton export sales totaled 420,000 running bales. That's up 85% from the four-week average. 
That helped March futures post an upside breakout with prices trading to the highest level since October 31. March cotton was 138 points higher. 83.95 feels like a good week for the uh, cottons, Chip. It was up 264 points. Nope. On your livestock's beef export sales weekend of Jan 11 were impressive at 21,400 metric tons. But positioning for today's cattle on feed report limited buying. February fat cattle 45 cents lower, 174.37 and one half. April futures down 27 and one half cents to 177.37 and one half. March feeder futures down 60 cents to 31.95. And on the snout side, pork export sales of 33,400 metric tons were also impressive but failed to help support futures as the market narrows its premium to the cash lean hog index. February hogs, 35 cents lower today, 70.75. April hogs down 30 cents, 78.15. Chip Flory. All right. And on the week, February live cattle up $3, up $3 even. March feeder cattle futures up $4.25. And February lean hog futures down $1.15.15 on the week. Okay, when we come back, we've got a lot of ground to cover with Scott Davis from Bullpen Trading. We can talk about all the markets with Scott, and we're probably going to do that when we come back. Wrap things up for the week here on AgriTalk. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. Stay in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Does that include ag knowledge, Chip, by any chance? I think it does. Can you acknowledge that concept? I cannot acknowledge it. No, I oh, refuse. no acknowledgement. I refuse to acknowledge acknowledge. He's waving it off. All right. Fair yep. enough. Yep. Fair enough. Where do we come up with these? Ah, we, we would shut it off if we could, my brother. That's right. That's, <laughs> the, you, you are exactly right on that. <laughs> No doubt about it. All right. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Yep. Let's bring in another one. Scott Davis from Bullpen Trading up in Rochester, Minnesota. How you doing, Scott? 
I'm doing well up here in the the uh, the Northland where we have less snow than you guys do down south. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding. We had about eh, maybe two inches of snow last night. Uh, really fine stuff. When the wind blows later today, it, it'll blow it around. But how you guys managing up there? You know, we've been uh, doing really well. Uh, we've only had about oh maybe five six inches total uh, of snow this year. Um, and, and, you know, just a dusting last night and snowing actually a little bit right now. I, I, I guess we're, we're just trying to make sure we don't get left out entirely, but, uh, you know, otherwise doing, doing really well, uh, we're still really dry. We'd love if the snow would turn into something that actually was, uh, something that would help us later this year. That's probably one of the biggest local concerns is that, you know, we never really have ended the, uh, the drought of last year. Um, and, and, you know, we're in the, the same pocket that extends all the way down through Eastern Iowa. So, uh, the local guys here are certainly wishing they could have a rain. Yeah. Well, the rain that you guys got in December did not lift the cricks. It soaked no. straight in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't even, um, uh, there's a, on my property, uh, there is a, a Creek at the you know bottom of a ravine and, Normally, it's uh, you know running a little bit all year, and it didn't even get enough to to make it show up. So it's really? still that that dry. Yeah, and you had good rains. I mean, there was like two inches of rain up there in some locations. So yeah, actually, we even had about two and a half. But I think that yeah. shows just how completely depleted exactly. we were. Um, some of the little local borrow pit pits uh, in the area here. You know, I <laughs> I live in the the state where it's land of ten thousand lakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yet in in the the county that I'm in, there isn't a natural lake. I, I, I didn't plan that out very well. So, <laughs> no, no. But uh, one of the, one of the borrow pits I go by, um, I've lived up here now for uh, coming up on 17 years Jeez. and I have never seen it anywhere near this level of dry. So it's going to be an interesting spring for us up here. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll set the sage up for something. Um, did you get a chance to look at the cattle on feed report? That thing came in total inventory. January one um, was, up 2.8%, trade expected up 2.1%. I don't see a whole lot of movement in that in those numbers, do you? No, I think that was largely a report that was pretty much, you know, the, the trade did a good job. They were prepared yeah. for it. I think we'll look past that little bit of an increase in numbers there or, you know, on, on available supplies in theory. Um, I think we'll look right past that. And we're going to be talking about the demand side and what happened, uh, you know, weather-wise, uh, with with these the feedlots right now, it's been a a roller coaster ride for them all of a sudden, and, and I don't see that changing right now. These patterns are look like it's going to have waves of stuff coming through. So I think that'll influence price action dramatically more than the Catalan feed report. Yeah, we went all the way through November and December with cattle performing in the feedlot like I doubt we've ever seen before in yes. November and December, and we get just hit a brick wall here in January with, with the way that those cattle are performing. I know that there's, there's some movement happening and, and some movement happening at some decent price. I know by the end of the month, got, uh, got a message from a listener. He went ahead and, and pulled the trigger on some, I uh, want to get the number in front of me. He went ahead and pulled the trigger at 274 in the beef market. They're going on Sunday, the 28th. Nice. He didn't, he didn't want he didn't want to wait for the Catalan feed report before pulling yeah. the trigger. No, I understand that. I I think that you know that that ought to work for him. I would think at that point, 
um, especially with feed costs coming down here overall. And I think that's probably the biggest variable a lot of these guys are looking at right now is, you know, corn all of a sudden looks cheap compared to the last several years. And yeah. uh, in general, most of the guys I work with that we were kind of sitting on their hands saying, well, you know, how much more we got? And the, the only issue is getting it sold to them. Otherwise, they feel like there's corn available around them in theory. It just isn't coming out of the bin. So I think that's probably the biggest challenge for the cattle guys at the moment is getting their hands on supplies in a timely fashion. They feel like there's probably going to be enough inventory later. Boy, that's a good point. Good point. Um, got a question on X for you. Okay. Uh, okay. It's from at Gary G. Vetter. Any advice on the 600-pound cattle at high money? We feed them to sell next December. God, they're just so hype. I shouldn't say it out loud, should I? Should I say it, that they're high-priced out loud? Um, you can. I think everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but are they, with, with the with the calf supplies into the first part of the year, it, today's price might look cheap in six weeks. Yes. Uh, you know, we we went through a cleansing of the cattle market. Um, you and I have talked several times about how, you know, this this cycle of cattle got really messed up. And, yeah. and, 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 and we went too long and we liquidated too long and we had too much fund money came in and got comfortably long forever. Well, that ended and they all got flushed out and now they're rebuilding. And if there's one market that looks good for them to maybe come back in and really kind of stay... I think it's the cattle. I, I, I think the washout's done. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to close your eyes and not pay attention. I mean, maybe some put coverage out there, but I don't want to cap the top side on this because I think there's quite a bit left. Um, we are going to be back to tight overall supplies. We have seen with the dollar stabilizing now coming back into its trading range, we're seeing a little bit of export demand pick back up. Uh, any of that export demand just sucks the available supply chain down pretty tight here in the U.S., and starts to heal those margins again. And and I think I think that longer term, the cattle still have, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be a record year, but I think we could make a pretty good run at the highs and the challenges that we, or the, the, the levels we saw last year. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm focused card, more on- The wild card, there's demand, on, right? Absolutely. Demand, yep. demand, demand. Um, but you know, the 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 consumer, we, we have shrunk the beef- side of this down to where i think it's pretty stable now um i i think they can absorb it um and what i mean by that is is everybody's eating you know it, it's all chicken at the at the fast food level it's it you know it, it, there's a lot of chicken pork and turkey everywhere else beef is the one thing that has lost its market share lost its 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 supply overall but i think it's down to a really good core and so i think that core can carry us here and if we get a little export demand along with that now uh i think you really see the, the beef market work higher except don't just close your eyes on it uh i think puts can make sense in here uh and and you want to use strategies where you can leave the upside alive yeah because you're probably going to need some with what you are paying for those six weights yeah right and you look all the way out to the Dece 24 futures, 183 on that mm -hmm. market. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's an impressive. It's a ten dollar premium to what's in the cash market right now. So uh, it's uh, it, it is showing us that there is some upside potential in that market going going forward. And you, and, we're off of a 197 chip, and yeah. I'm not going to rule out a retest. Right. I, I'm not going to call for it, but I think we can probably get back to 190. Whether we can get all the way to 197 is tougher. Gotcha, gotcha. 
all of this is kind of circling around uh, something that I wanted to talk about, and that is the the influence of monetary policy, Fed changes in 24 on the ag markets. It, that's, that, it, it's all linked for the year ahead, isn't it? I think that's a big part of it. I think that um, we, we've had we, – we've traded – so many more changes in interest rate policy than we've had. Um, and by <laughs> yes. that, I mean, we've yes. traded it both ways so many times in the last eight months. And, you know, um, I, I'm quick to criticize the Fed and, and often. And I, I, I will tell you, I, I argued that the Fed was really late when they started. Mm-hmm. But I have to admit, since since they got started raising interest rates, uh, I think they've actually done a pretty darn good job. Mm-hmm. Um we haven't had a recession. They have moderated inflation. They've been gradual and consistent. They've kept their message consistent. Other than the governors giving their their daily speeches, yanking the market around, the actual policy meetings seem like they've been a pretty consistent, gradual, well thought out sort of plan. And it's, I got to say, Jeff, it's working. Yeah. Um, now yep. that said, they aren't flipping around as fast as the market is. And the market is just convinced that now that they're going to start cutting in March and they're going to cut all all through the year. I, I don't think we're going to be nearly as aggressive on the cutting as they expect because they know what happened uh, when they cut too soon 40 years ago. And I don't think they're going to fall prey to the same problem. So um, I, how we react to that is, is going to be tough because the market is going to overreact repeatedly. What I see is the 10-year interest rate still seems to be focused on about that 4% level, and we vary between 3.9 and 4.1 or 4.15, and that's about it at the moment. That's probably it for a while. All right. All right. We are off and running in a conversation with Scott Davis, Bullpen Trading. Uh, When we come back, Scott, I want to know what you think about how these grain markets have traded since we got USDA's reports last Friday. What is the... The market action telling you. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where March hard red winter wheat futures were two and three quarter cents higher, six oh eight at the close. March SRW wheat up seven and three quarter cents to five ninety three and one quarter. March corn futures were a penny and a half higher, four forty five and a half. May corn also up a penny, four fifty six. March soybean futures one quarter of one cent lower, twelve thirteen to the quarter. May beans down one and one quarter to twelve twenty three. March cotton one hundred thirty eight points higher, eighty three ninety five. On your livestock, February fat cattle forty five cents lower, one seventy four thirty seven and one half. March feeder futures down sixty cents to two thirty one ninety five. February lean hogs, 35 cents lower, 70.75. The April contract down 30, 78.15. Get more market news every market day. Try profarmer.com. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And. It can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. 
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. We're in the middle of a conversation with Scott Davis from Bullpen Trading. Scotty, um, market performance since we got all the data. From USDA last week, supply and demand report, annual production summary, quarterly grain stocks report, winter wheat seedings. What do you make the market performance since then, and what is the market telling you? Boy, first off, you just you nailed it on the the, the list of all the data. This is one of those reports <laughs> that I, I think we really do have to take a week to kind of look at it and figure out what the heck it all meant. And, you know, in this case, um, let me start with the most bullish one out there personally, and that was wheat. Yeah. Uh, th- there was a lot of really supportive things in that report for wheat. And mm-hmm. uh, basically by my back of napkin math this week, wheat was steady and that's a really big disappointment, but wheat's been steady and yeah. a big disappointment for a while now. So uh, nothing really changed there. I think we have to be on guard for something changing later. If we do start to recognize uh, tighter supplies down the road. The problem is, is that we're not getting enough of the business here. You know, we got yeah. better export sales today, but not enough consistently to really drive us. Um, corn, uh, you can almost call it steady as well. Uh, I think that had more to do with the fact that corn started the year so poor uh, and it's oversold. Um, so it needed a bounce and the best they could do was nothing and, and, and yeah. sag a little bit. I think it's going to continue to struggle here and just that, we're coming to grips with that, you know, we do have enough supply that needs to be sold. Um, you know, there were there were farmers who came up short on yield, but there weren't enough of them, apparently, right. you know, with what USDA said. And we're right. we're looking at the biggest, you know, supplies we've had around for corn for, for a while now. And the prospect of more with Argentina also being, you know, growing a crop and, and competitor yep. here. And with uh, we, we washed out the any of the enthusiasm we had in Brazil, and it just made it really hard to find anything to get excited about in corn. That lets the funds stay aggressively short. And it has also been dominated by index money leaving all of these markets uh, consistently since last fall. And that's that's something that I don't think has gotten enough attention. Um, and it's it's one of those overriding things that I think has just kind of stolen all the, the, the oxygen out of the room here effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, Beans, um, yep, down what 10 11 cents on the week, if I, if yep. I remember right here. Um, 
I didn't think the bean data, I don't believe the bean data is as bearish as we're trading it. Okay. That, that said, um, again, there's no real energy here to kind of chase things right now, but we do not have an abundance of beans left over at the end of this year. You know, we, right. we do not have an expectation of that we're going to be still remarkably tight. Uh, crush is running above expectations. Exports, uh, we hear a lot of talk about how poor it is, but yet every time we get revisions to uh, to census data, uh, it shows that more went out than expected. Yep. yep. Um, I think that I think we've had a lot of beans move, and I question whether there's going to be a lot of beans available this summer. I think there's going to be a lot of corn available because it's just going to keep coming out of the bin. But I don't know that that's the case on beans. So um, the past week's price action on beans to me was pretty dismal um, and and reflects just the fact that we can't get really much of a bid underneath a market that stays through the entire trading session. And, and I think you talked about that at the opening of this, where, you know, where did open, where did close and how things <laughs> just leaked away. And, and boy, that's been the case. It's happened every week. It's happened every day. Rallies just get kind of overwhelmed and, and we've got a lot of money that's kind of left the arena at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And th this, this focus on that, where did it open, where did it close? And the, I don't know, I, I, I get kind of an emotional feeling about the markets when we, when I think we should be trying to stick in some kind of a low. So we get a day like yesterday with a low-range open and a high-range close. Makes me feel great. Today, mm -hmm. today the price change wasn't that different than what we saw yesterday, but it was Boy, that low-range close. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just deflated you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've had guys who, who wanted to, wanted to buy it. And, and, you know, honestly, we're kind of flipped around where this idea is that, you know, you, if you – if you are up early uh, before the little breakfast break, um, you know, you want to go into that short because you're going to break at 830 and probably again at 930 yeah. when the algorithms kick in and sell. Yep. Um, so if you're going to buy anything, by God, you don't buy it till it's down on the day by a chunk. So it, yeah. it, it's really become more of a, a day traders, yep. I guess, either dream or nightmare if you're caught wrong, uh, than it has a longer term pricing tool for me at the moment. And, right. and I don't like saying that out loud. That's how I feel at the moment. And yeah. uh, we got to look about to new crop and try to figure out what to do with that and lay in some price floors. And, and I think there's some things you can do. Um, you know, you come back to the the idea of making sure that you're doing the things you have to to stay in business. Okay. And these aren't the prices you want, but they may be the prices that you have to protect. Yep. And um uh, a perfect marketing plan. I, you know, have everything sold at the, at the highs. Well, you know, I, I can't, I can't do that today. So I got to look at it and say, what, what am I, what am I needing to do? And perfection is the enemy of progress was the old Winston Churchill quote. Mm -hmm. And we can't be perfect. We just have to take steps and do things along the way. And I think that for the guys sitting on a lot of old crop here and, uh, uh who haven't sold some new crop yet, um, you got to remember one thing, and that is selling is not giving up. Selling is collecting your reward for what Amen. you did. And it doesn't feel like the reward at the moment, but it's still how you get paid. And, yeah. and we don't want to just uh, say, well, I'm going <laughs> to, what's the old store and ignore and weld the bin door shut. And, I, you know, make sure you're doing the right things here and, and make sure you're taking advantage of 
of, of up days. And we haven't had many of them lately, but I think you got to make sure you're at least looking at those and make sure you're managing the risk on this. Well, it seems like a very prudent attitude to have toward wrapping up the 23 marketings and getting started on the 24 stuff, Scott. Well, thank you. I, I think it is prudent. I think it'd be more prudent, uh, you know, 90 days ago, but we still have to deal with where we're at today. And, right. and and that I think that's that's important is we can't keep looking back and say, well, if we just bounce to here, we'll do this. No, right. you got to deal with where you're at today. And it's, it's going to be hard to pay for storage today on corn. Uh, interest rates are not free. Um, there's, there's a lot of borrowed money out there again. And, um, you know, if you, if, if you're paying for the, the, uh, the, the John Deere tractor and, and everything else today, it, I don't mean to pick on deer, all the tractors, uh, you know, there's a lot of money being laid out here and there's a lot of money cash flow that has to get generated. Right. My right. biggest concern for corn right now, Chip, when we talk about yeah. looking at, you know, this week's price action and going forward is that I do think there's still going to have to be some more sales made by guys to raise cash between now and, and March 1st payments. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of rent due and, and uh, this could get tough because guys are going to look at borrowing that. Yeah. But, but Scotty, the amount of stuff that we're going or the amount that we are going to learn about the South American crop over the next 30 days, we're going to learn more about that crop, the bean crop down there than we have over the past 120 days in the next oh, exactly. 15 days. Exactly. And that really is is what could could set things on a really different path. Yeah. I don't want to sound like there's no hope because, you know, one thing that we have kind of lost in the shuffle here with them talking about, well, you know, Brazil exports more than we do now. Yeah, that also means that, that they're a really important growing season now. And yep. guess what? They have problems. Uh, and, and, you know, this crop is not remotely in, in great shape everywhere. So if the yield results start coming in disappointing, if we start seeing some of those uh, interior bids firm back up, uh, we could we could flip things around fairly quickly because of the fact that the world is now counting on a big South American crop. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you can't hope for a problem there as your strategy on marketing. You just have to protect against a problem there on your strategy yeah. for marketing. Yep, yep. And it, it's a subtle difference, but it's very important. And then it involves making sure you've got a price floor and you respond to any changes to reopen upside if needed. Yep. Yep. Maintain some flexibility in that pricing. What are your yes. thoughts on acres? Oh man. Um, we'll plan them. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far uh, as you want. You're willing to go right now. You know, we all like to talk about it and, and but realistically, how that weather is right during planting time is probably going to swing a, a million or two acres, and that's probably going to be the biggest change. I, most of the guys I work with are pretty set on the rotation for the most part, and yeah. and I don't think the uh, the the corn bean ratio is doing anything that dramatic to us right now. No. Um, I, I hear a lot of talk about you know that maybe maybe the seed sales reflect this or whatever. I, I don't know that we can really say it with any confidence yet. Yeah, yeah. The- uh, all I know is I have not seen the market move that I anticipated by now to move acres around. And what I thought was going to happen, Scott, was the corn market was going to make a move to give up acres. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the at, at the Dees corn compared to Novi beans, mm-hmm. Dees corn hasn't made that move to give up acres. Um, because beans have fallen. Yeah. They're, they're both trying to get rid of them. Yeah, it's crazy. 
it, it, that, that's how I guess I view it. And that's why I do. I feel like the bean market is overly bearish for the fundamentals oh, and in that the, the U S supply situation is tighter than that. And I think we've moved a lot more beans. And so it's masked the tight supplies. Uh, and as long as they do grow a great crop in Argentina and, and a, a record crop still in Brazil, you know, based on the projections, we'll probably get away with it, but man, that could change really quick. You pull, you pull 10 million tons out of that. And uh, that's more than our carryover. And yeah. we got to remember that, that all of a sudden that math shifts really, really quickly. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Man, that went really fast, Scott. Good grief. <laughs> it um, sure did. Th- yeah. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Hey, pr- always, always glad to do the show. Have a great time. All right, man. That is Scott Davis, bullpen trading up in Rochester, Minnesota. When we come back, Davis Michelson will get us started. And- We'll see what's on his mind for this week. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Man, I'm glad we got that cowbell in there. Oh, yeah. You know, they were, they were yeah. saying, you're going to want that cowbell, guys. It makes, it makes the song. You wouldn't, you know, it's an unlikely hero in the song, the cowbell. Yeah. This doesn't seem like, you know, you think Eddie Van Halen or guitars or even drums, maybe bass. Yeah. yeah. You know, the singer guy always gets a lot of chicks. Right. Oh, the cowbell. No, it's the cowbell. It's captured guy. the attention in Don't Fear the Reaper. Good stuff. <laughs> Your pal Davis Michaelson. Welcome back to AgriTuck, everybody. It's kind of a Friday, right, Chip? Kind of a Friday ish yeah, sort of thing kinda. we got going here today. Yeah. Um, good conversation with uh, Scott Davis. Yep. You and You and Scott go way back. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> yeah, like way back, yeah, like <laughs> further back than either one of us are willing to admit, uh, <laughs> you know, mid eighties kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, it did sound like you guys were having a super fun conversation there. Um, some details. Uh, your pal there seems super positive. The cattle. 
Yeah. He uh, he's, you know, talking about feed costs, and I don't want to belabor the point because you guys did a really great job of, of discussing um, just sort of the market setup right now. But as far as Scott Davis is concerned, the washout is done in cattle. Yeah. Tight yep. supplies to remain. Well, Leave the upside open and don't be afraid to buy some puts. Well, the amount the 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 way that the market has already recovered from the lows that we put in back in December. Yeah, I, I think that is, you know, the guys on at Pro Farmer are saying, okay, that low is behind us, mm-hmm. and now it's just a question of how long it will take to 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 give some incentive to the spec money the the fund money to get back on the long side of that cattle market because they're still looking at the same set of fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And now that they are looking at a market that is regaining some upside momentum, you can start thinking about how well it worked to hold a long position for a long period of time in cattle. That memory is still fresh in their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. The bloodbath September to December that's still in their minds too. They know the risk is there. They they get that. But the chance that we could get back up to within five bucks of that old high that mm-hmm. we put in in the summer of twenty three is attractive enough an opportunity to get back on the long side of that market, it, especially the feeder cattle market, Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's there's plenty of opportunity there. Uh, Scott said something else interesting here. Um, yeah. He says he thinks the Fed actually did what they needed to do. Well. To keep a lid on inflation. That's, uh, hmm. It sounds from, it sounds like a familiar conversation. At least mm-hmm. it should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've talked about, we go back, oh boy, five, six weeks. No, maybe even longer than that. When I was saying things like, oh my gosh, is it possible? <laughs> Are they going to land this this jet plane on a football field, right? And and make it stick. You know it it looks like it, it does look like. And hey, Scott is normally very quick to criticize the Fed. I kind of am a little. We are a, too, a, to a degree. Well, to a degree, but none of us, you, me or Scott Davis are in the same league as Bubba. No. no. Bubba it Bubba comes out criticizing the Fed yeah. from the get-go. In the past couple of weeks he's backed off just a, a bit. bit. A little softer. Yeah. He's a little, a little softer. softer on that. And um, it, it and and you know the old saying, hey, even a blind sow can find an acorn from time to time. Um <laughs> I was going to say, is this a case of a stopped clock is right twice a day? (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, maybe it is just dumb luck. Maybe because they can't be working off of any economic models Mm -hmm. in in, in this because none of the economic models that we've got, in my opinion, work in the economy that we're in right now. Yep. Yep. So... Maybe they just stumbled on something. Maybe we're we're going to be looking at economic history books in in thirty years and and saying, "Holy smokes, they laid they they made the map on how to manage a recovery economy." Who knows? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, real quick, I can't let this slip by us because we had the P word come up uh, in yeah. two afternoon shows in a I know row. What it is. It's perfection. 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 Yes. Uh, yesterday. Back to back. From, from Craig Van Dyke, CVD himself. A little CVD oil here for you. Don't let perfection kill excellence. That's Craig Van Dyke. And then today, from our own Scotty Davis, perfection is the enemy of progress. And we're seeing some of these guys who tend to be you know, pretty confident fellas. Type A types, these traders are. You know, these, yeah. these industry types, they're confident. Uh, I got sure. a couple of guys backing away from the word perfection all of a sudden, Chip. Yeah, um, I I don't know about CVD on this. Okay. Um, I do know about Scott on on the pursuit of perfection. If you can get there, great. If you can get close, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in these markets, in these markets, if you are going to make progress in reducing risk over time, which is what we all want to do, then perfection might not be, you know, perfection might be in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not going to get in the hot tub time machine and go backwards. Right. And and, uh, market a bunch of grain at the highs, although wouldn't that be cool? I'm gonna. Yeah. I, that'd be. I, well, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, I. I am. Yeah. No. I. I'm going to invent Google, if. Uh, uh-huh. If I can get back in time, Atta that boy. is for sure. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, but you, you can't worry about what is in the past. Yeah. And let it influence how you 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 have to make progress, going forward. Yeah. Uh, I love it. National Weather Service, 6 to 10 day outlook, January 5th through the 29th, above normal temperatures and a mixed bag, below normal precipitation in the northern areas, near normal to below normal to above normal in the central and southern areas of the Midwest. You ready for next week, buddy? I'm going to be gone. I'm, I'm out for ready. the week. Are you ready? You, yes, you need some time. You need some I'm, time, bro. I am ready. I am ready, and yeah. I'm going to take it off and, and uh, get away and relax a little bit. Davis and Michelle will keep the conversation going.